church boys. Well, Billy, how are you? I'm good. Been a long, been a long time. It's uh, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I, I think people thought we had like a professional breakup that we were like, oh no. Oh, what was? What's that sound? I, I, I mean, whenever I've heard that sound, it usually means there's a phone call I'm, coming in. I'm gonna let you get that. I'd rather not. All right, fine. Hello. Hello. This is this is Laura Hollowell, Billy's mother, calling. Um, hi, ma'am. Is this is this Billy? Yeah, ma'am. I, uh, yeah, it is. And I gotta, Bill? I gotta, ma'am, ma'am. We're about to start recording Billy? here. Billy, Billy, this is your mother. I haven't heard your voice in so long. Ma'am, like I, I just saw you like two or three weeks ago at Christmas. No, 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 no. I don't mean. I don't mean in Christmas. I'm silly. I'm talking about on the podcast. You've been gone and absent for so long. That darling boy, Chris Field, has been waiting and waiting okay, to wait, have wait, it. Wait, 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 darling. First of all, first of all, mom, darling boy, we're talking yes, about Chris yes, Field. He's, 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 he's a lovely boy. And on our Sunday night call, he was telling me how much he misses wait. having his show with you. <laughs> Yes. Wait a minute. You and Chris, wait, our Sunday night call, you and Chris have a Sunday night call? What, what, well, are, you yes. about? what are you talking about? Well, you don't talk to me, so so I, I call and, and we talk and we spend, well, it's usually a couple hours and we eventually what? usually rolls around to you and what a big son you are. But I was just so creepy. Why would you talk? Why would you be talking to Chris? First of all, that's like talking to the spawn of Satan. Why would you be talking to Chris Field on a phone call? Second of all, why would that phone call last two hours? What in the world could that creature have to offer that would last two hours? And why well, you don't, are you, you complaining don't call, about me? You don't bother to call. Yeah, because so I'm I get busy. my updates. I get my updates from your about your family from from uh, that lovely, lovely Chris Field fellow, and I just wish you could get the podcast going again. Well, that's what we're actually trying to do right now, but you're calling like, and interrupting that. I'm, I'm sorry. Right right. Yeah, Mom. Oh, I'm, is he I'm there? I, yeah, he's here, but right now he's probably doing getting things ready on the tech side. But yeah, can, can you please just, I'll, I'll call you later, I promise. Oh, is the podcast going to air soon? I miss hearing yes, your voice on the radio. Uh, well, I don't know. There might not be a podcast, Mom, if we don't get a chance to actually record it. Well, you tell that lovely, lovely boy I said hello. There's nothing lovely about Chris, but I'll make sure I convey the message. And, and please do not speak to him for two hours again on a Sunday night. That's just creepy. Oh, Billy, by the way, you have to do You have to do something about your father. He's been drinking again. Mom, Dad hasn't had a drink in years. <laughs> this holiday, this Christmas, this Christmas really Nice surprise. 
Oh my gosh. I haven't heard from her in 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 ages. In what 24 hours. <laughs> I haven't heard from her uh, since know, last night. Do you know what's kind of insane I have to say about all of this? Huh. Is that there are actually people who like us and who have missed this show. And I and I've well, that's a, no, that's that's a lie. It's the truth. And well, which what's kind of been nice is not dealing with you. I mean, it's been well, a very nice well, break. Yeah. But no, there. I think there's questions. I think there's a leering controversy out there about where we've been and where we, we recorded a show almost every week. We missed a few here and there, but almost every week for right. almost and, two and years. For two so, years, right? And sometimes two weeks, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, what people want to know what happened? Well, should we should we tell them what happened? I don't know. What do you I, think? Should we reveal? I, I'm really not sure. I'm not sure how serious you're being or how serious you think I'm being about how much information we should or shouldn't share about why maybe we haven't been on. <laughs> Let's just boil it down. Let's just boil it down to this. We with the holidays and the like, there's just been a lot going on job wise, you know, and people know that yeah. I left the blaze a while back and then I left another job and <laughs> came to Faithwire. Um, Billy has been we, fired multiple times in the last nine months. Dancing around. Um, no, but, you know, so I, I think people know that. And then with the chaos of that, and then you, Chris, have had a lot of chaos going on as well. So yeah, yeah. we took a little bit of a break, you know, and we have, this is our actual season three premiere. Yes. I'm calling it the season three premiere I think, today. You, I think the last show that we did, you called season three premiere, but we'll go ahead and go with this because it's actually the new That's year. Right. So it's actually a new season. Um, See? So, yeah, you're right. And there are other things as well. And I, I don't mean to be cryptic. Well, actually, I do mean to be cryptic. But there are other things going on as well that we've been dealing with and trying to figure out how we handle. Um, right. Yes. I mean, is that fair to say? I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, I think so. You'll you'll yeah. notice that our show is a little different. How about that? Well, and, and look, you know, figuring out who owns which part of what and how that works. And, you right. know, if you because, yeah. look, the whole point of the Church Boys, we started this as something independent that became part of the Blaze Radio Network. And we were very great, very grateful for um, having the ability to um, have our stories that we write about our shows appear in different outlets, whether it's the Blaze or when I was at Deseret, Deseret News, yeah. I was writing them up for Deseret News, Faithwire. Um, so, yeah, and there's. What I always hate about everything, like about anything you do in especially media is there's always business aspects to everything. Right. So yeah. you kind of right. try to figure elements of that out as you go. I'm incompetent. So I just like well, to kind of there's that. But so, there you go. And I don't, I, I, it's nice to be back. We're, we're back and hopefully be able to record weekly again. Um, we have had we got to we got to make our radio show great again. Our podcast. Great again. like that. But we've had there has been. It has not been for lack of desire on our part. Let's say that there has not been a falling out between the two of us at all. I mean, we talk, <laughs> we we talk at least via text daily, including on weekends. I my wife will hear these ding 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 on my phone at you know eleven o'clock at night, and she'll go, "Why is Billy texting?" Because she knows it's you. Because if she hears ding 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 ding, this morning she brought it up. She said, "Does he not?" Is he not able to write a full sentence in one text? Does he just like do three words at a time? I said, Everybody no, it's like, complains about this. I said, I said, well, me. it's mostly kind of how we just we, we kind of joke back and forth and we throw another word in just to be silly. You know, it's not. But you might but have you might like have, you write that you write that way, too, though. You, oh, yeah. Like, just I be don't, stupid. I treat everything like an instant message. I don't understand why people act like, oh, text. It all has to be confined to one text. No. What, why does it? 
half of my wife makes fun of me about this because everybody laughs like, oh, my phone's going crazy. Yes. Well, yeah, like I'm I, why am I sending you one mess? I'm going to send you as many messages as I want. Right. Block me if you don't like it. Take off, Ozer. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. so we talk, we we talk and I, we are Billy and I have told him this many times and we have as we have lamented not doing regular shows over the last several weeks. We have lamented the fact that we he is one of my dearest and, and best friends, the, despite the fact which actually that, is sad for both of us. Right. The, the, the most of our interaction is, has been long. You know, we're twenty five hundred miles apart, but we talk and we talk about serious things that matter. And what, the, the conversations that Billy and I have away from the microphone are ten times as funny and ten times as fun and ten times as personal as what you get here. Right. I mean, wouldn't you say like it, like. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I sent you something two nights ago that one of my relatives posted, and I can't talk about it at all because it's super—it's a super sensitive thing. And I have to say, like, I there is sensitivity after yeah. this election oh, yeah. that is yeah. like very serious it's sensitivity yeah, with a scary. lot of people that I never would have thought I would have serious sensitivity with. And I don't—I don't feel like it's as much on me right. coming from me, but. But yeah, so I dance around things, but I sent Chris yeah. something that somebody posted that I could not mentally handle. Um, and I was like, I cannot believe uh, this was a screenshot of it, that this was posted I, by somebody I love and respect. And I still don't um, fully, I, and I haven't gotten into it with you off air. I still don't fully understand what it is you sent me. I just know the subject matter and how serious they were taking the subject matter. And it's something that Ugh. you and I share a belief on. And I'm like, how does that? jive at all with what I know you've been taught and raised with, right? Not you, but the yeah. person you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Like, what in the world? I just, I don't understand. So, anyway. I, I don't know, like, and we might as well, since we talk about Trump every show, I feel like, because you have to. But, I mean, are you at all, and I have actually also found myself getting in trouble. I have people coming at me. If I say, I was called divisive this week because yeah. I actually called something that somebody said insane. I used the word insane. I didn't right. call the person insane. I said, this is insane. Right. Um, on, on my personal Facebook page, and I had people coming at me who are <laughs> fellow Christians. I mean, I have never, I'm seeing Christians buy into this narrative that the election wasn't legitimate. That, I know. And, and like, that is, here's the thing. It was healthy to question Trump, and it continues to be as a Christian. And I think you and I disagreed on the actual vote itself, sure. but like the actual sure. questioning, we did not disagree. Right. What is unhealthy to me is when Christians and everybody, but mainly Christians, cross this threshold into questioning. They go from questioning into like just embracing the crazy town narrative yeah. of what has been going on around this election. Yeah, I agree. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's um. It's, 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 it seems to be a lack of understanding that life goes on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's, it, it's, it's staggering to watch these people who are in this, in this collective panic about where our nation is going. And I'm thinking, uh. I don't think you've ever been panicked about where the nation is going except for the fact that you suddenly lost for the first time in your life because you're young, right? Because it's usually the millennial crowd. It's the under 40 crowd. Yep. Who, who are who are experiencing this because they haven't lost before they won two elections with Obama and, and they're they're having their first national loss and it's a and it's a and it's an emotional you know it's an emotional crisis an existential crisis for them so there needs to be a mass diaper change because people have soiled themselves in anger well, yeah. over their loss I mean it's a mass it's a mass temper tantrum it and is. I'm not trying to be divisive be by divisive. saying who that cares? I, look I don't think 
I don't think it's divisive to call out insanity when you're seeing insanity. It's not insane to be upset that Donald Trump lost. It's not insane to um, voice that you're upset. It's insane to, I think, take the level of protest to the place that it has gone. That's what I think is insane. I have I have more of a I have more. I have. I have a problem with the level of protest and where it's got because it has become insane. But I, I have even a more of a problem with the people who get offended and, and call you divisive when you point out the fact that the things that they're saying are insane. And you just think, like, why don't you get yeah. I, I saw the things. And in fact, I commented on it because you're talking about people being divisive. I said, you're a jerk. Right. I just put that on there. <laughs> and other people joked around with it. Like some people get oh, totally. it. Right? Some people totally get it. And there are other people who don't get it. And that's I think that's what I have a, a huge issue with. It's people who don't get it. Listen, I understand the differences in politics that you and I, Billy, might have, or I and my liberal friends might have, or you and your liberal friends might have. I understand the difference in politics. I, I get it. What you don't, what they don't get, is that there's so much more to life than all this. Well, and, and why is there why? faith being placed so heavily in human beings? I mean, look. Donald Trump is no prize package. Nobody really thought, I mean, some people did, but nobody really wanted Donald Trump. He wasn't the candidate. But in the end, he's the guy who who won. Right. I think that right. there are a lot of reasons for that, and we've, we've exhausted talking about them. Uh-huh. But what is sho- what is shocking to me is that people are you know, unable to respect the results because they're not what they want them to be, and they're yeah. willing to say the election wasn't legitimate. I'm sorry. Like, whether or not Russia paid trolls online, whether or not Russia tried to influence it, that— in my view, we have no real evidence that right. proves that they changed the result. Right. We only have evidence that they were potentially trying to intervene. But, you know, and this is going to be controversial, but I'm just going to say it. Has the U.S. ever intervened in another country's um, yes. political? Yes. <laughs> including, by the way, <laughs> including, by the way, the Soviet Union. <laughs> I mean, that's right. So pardon me. To but, me, this is I mean, this is so silly to me, the level ridiculous. this has gone to. And by the way, one one last thing. And, and if it's so dire. And so awful. How did Hillary squeeze out the popular vote then? You know, like the, right. they can't have their cake and eat it too. It's right. either Russia impacted the election, so, or it's okay. Well, she lost the electoral college. Right. They didn't hack right. the electoral college. Right. Exactly. Right. And that's, that's, so, but that's I, I and I and listen. We can have again. We can have these differences of opinion on politics, and that's fine. What I don't understand is these people who are overly sensitive on Facebook when you say that's insane, and they're calling you divisive, right? No, it's the well, somebody for, said it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Somebody said to me, basically, well, you're a white heterosexual male, so you'll be fine. And that's what I called insane. I thought that statement was insane. Like, oh, I'm going to be fine because I'm a white male who yes, likes women, because, but no one else because, is going to be fine. Because because black because black lesbians are are under threat from Obama from uh, Donald Trump, because so, suddenly just, uh, the black lesbian community is is under threat. Because you know, straight white males are are safe, but you know, black black lesbians are obviously not. They're 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 going to be killed and taken to the you know the gallows. I mean, it's, what are you? What's these people are insane? That's the thing that I don't get. Donald Trump, for all his blather and all his the the rhetoric that Donald Trump has used, has been inappropriate, and he has said things oh, that I disagree with politically, but he has no desire to kill non-white, non-straight, non-Christian people. He doesn't have a desire to do that. He, that's not it's who insane. he is. That's not who, in fact, there's hardly anybody in the United States, there are some crazy people out there who, who want to do those kinds of things and hurt people. Most of the time, by the way, people who really want to hurt people tend to be people who line up on the ideological, ideological left, by the way. So, 
Well, I'm not even touching it. I'm not even touching it because I will be deported. These people are I cannot I cannot yeah. understand. And it's actually I have to say, though, for the first time and I'm all about like, let's unify, come together because we need to like the country needs to do that. I don't think we're going to do it, but we need to do it. We need to at least I'm not saying share the same ideas, but at least have discussions and disagree right. without hating each other. Like, I feel like we should be able to do that. But I'm finding myself so turned off by some of this because I think it crosses when you start to question the political process and you start to question the election and you start to say, what are you going out in the streets to protest? Right. What exactly is the message you're trying to send? If there's no measurable right. goal, right? Because you've already lost. He's Listen, not going to not this be country, president. When this country was extremely young, there was a very divisive election between Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. I mean, that's it's notorious. I mean, it's part of history. Everybody knows that. And we recovered. It was way more divisive in a younger country that's not as established. Way more divisive back then than this the election was this year. I don't care what people say about this election. There was nothing that, 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 that topped. There was nothing this election that topped that election between Jefferson and Adams. Period. And we survived that. And we will survive this if, our, if the people will understand there is a peaceful transition of power. We're going to move on to the next administration. And no administration, Barack Obama or Donald Trump, wants to wipe out a segment of the population. Period. Right. They have no interest right. in it. As much as as much as Barack Obama might not have liked conservatives and might not have even liked some people would say didn't like Christians or Christianity or evangelical conservative Christianity, as much as he might not have liked that, he didn't have a desire to wipe it out. No. Right? He would like to I beat think... it. He would like to defeat it. He would like to have his agenda defeat their agenda, but he didn't have a desire to wipe them out. To have them destroyed, and neither does Donald Trump. In fact, Donald Trump more likely agrees philosophically and politically and socially with Barack Obama than he does with you and me. Well, that's what's so funny to me. I mean, I just, I, I think my, my nervousness here is that two months in, it's only gotten worse. You know, are these people going to calm down? Is there going to be, I mean, this is the mass hysteria, the lecturing, for, you know, at the not just at the debate from Hillary, but yeah. after from everybody telling Trump, you have to accept the results. You have to accept yeah. them. It was a legitimate yeah. election to everybody then when they thought she was going to win. When she didn't win, they suddenly took the exact position they were criticizing him for thinking well, that it, he had. And I think it did. I don't say that. I wouldn't say that it's worse now than it was in the weeks right after the election, because in the weeks right after the election, people were I mean, they were posting those screaming videos, right? You better be freaking kidding me. All this kind of, you know, they were. And it kind of calmed down as the holidays came along. The holidays always kind of help things chill for the most part. But now it's ramping up again because this week he's being sworn in. Whether they like it or not, he's being sworn in. And that's just how it is. And here's they, and where I think it's worse. Deal with it. But here's why I think it's worse. I think it's worse because, yes, you know, the, the initial screaming and all that. But this should be done by now. I understand it getting worse before the Electoral College actually, you know, votes. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. But I think once we get to this point, to have this level of it, even if it's a little, even if it's not quite as bad as right after the yeah, November 8th yeah. election, I think is actually worse because yeah. it shows to me that, that people are not going to stop. You're going to have, you've got thousands of bikers who are going to show up now Fine. in addition to the thousands. You're, you're talking about a potential real big problem. Right. I but mean, at the inauguration, the deal. hopefully a, not. Here's the deal, though. It is a minuscule share of the population there who's going to be protesting the and they're only going to make themselves look bad. There is no way. There is no way that they turn hearts and minds with their protests. It doesn't happen. The people who might be on the fence about Donald Trump are not going to be convinced by the actions of radic 
excuse me, the action of radicals are more likely to be dis disconvinced. They're more likely to choose the other side from the radicals and go, you know what? I don't want to be associated with that. So l let them protest. Yeah. If they get violent, that's a problem, right? The protesting of a, the peaceful transition of power, you, give it a rest for a day. So, that, I mean, again, free speech, and if you can do it legally and peacefully, then th that's fine. But, but, the, but at the same time, take a step back and understand, look at this country we have. As conservative as Donald, as, as Ronald Reagan was, to as democratic, I don't want to call a liberal, but democratic as, as Bill Clinton was, to as nation building and uh, as, as, as Bush was, to as liberal and far left as Barack Obama was, to as populist or whatever crazy you want to call Donald Trump as <laughs> Trump is, the fact is we have always had a peaceful transition of power and it's going to happen again this Friday and they can protest it all they like, but they ought to take, do themselves a favor, take a step back and go, you know what? This is a pretty amazing country that we can have this big a swing in what administrations believe and we still have a peaceful transition of power. And the only way that it won't be a tran peaceful transition of power is if the radicals are out in the street being non-peaceful. That's it. Yep. That's yep. the only the only unpeaceful thing about the transition of power will be on the heads of those people protesting if they get violent. Right? That's it. I think we are not I, we are not I some sort of Central or South American country where, where where people just march in the streets against their government all the time and it's not peaceful. And there's no peaceful transitions of power and no reliable democratic processes. I have to throw something else out there that we didn't talk about discussing, but I think I wanna I want to throw it out there because I think it's important and it's interesting. We've seen Franklin Graham and a lot of other people sort of come forward. And it sounds like what they're saying is God allowed this to happen, which which I think we can have a theological discussion about. But right. but God made this happen. God ushered Trump in. Um, this is of God's hand in some way. So you've got a lot of people saying this. And one of the interesting that is, that is a, there is a there is a biblical you know stance to that. I understand their the reasoning on that. So go ahead. But Steve Dace added this really interesting question. He tweeted back when I when I had tweeted one of those articles out about Graham. He said, did God bring us Obama then? You know, did God right. bring us Obama? Right. Got it. Now, there's a difference between saying bring us and allow. Right. Right. I mean, there's a, there's a there's a difference when you talk about God, I would I think theologically between saying he made something happen and he allowed something to happen. Right. But what do you think? Well, I'm you know, there's. Th there is democratic processes, and it's and it's apparently we're allowed to choose, and so we have a free will, right? At the same time, the scripture says that there's not a power around that God has not ordained, that God didn't put there, right? I mean, that's what you know. Paul wrote that, and think about that, and and I'm sure we've talked about this before. When did Paul write those words? He wrote them from prison, and who was Caesar? Who was in charge? Who was the Caesar? when he was in prison and suffering and writing those words about the people in power are people in power that God put there. When did he write that? Who was in charge? And do you remember Nero? And if Paul's, I'm actually, I actually stopped listening to you for a second. I apologize. <laughs> I was writing notes down. If Paul, if, <laughs> sorry, if, but if Paul, but if Paul wrote that during the time of Nero, then I think that it's okay for us to feel and write and believe the same thing. If indeed we're accurately understanding what Paul was saying, it's okay for us to have the same feeling about Barack Obama and Donald Trump. I, I do believe I do believe that if the if we believe that what Paul was saying in his letters, then we can then we should well, we ought to be able to believe it with Barack Obama and Donald Trump. Period. Well, so. and the and the mystery, and you can go so deep on the mystery. Then is you know sort of 
is that through the free will of people that God operates? Does he foreknow? Does he? Yeah. I mean, right. all of these things I I'm always intrigued by because you talk about like, you know, not to plug the Armageddon code in the end times, but you talk <laughs> about the end times and how you're going to get there. Right. And, and <laughs> I was totally joking, but how, you, how you're going to get to this end point, how this is going to happen. You know, a lot of things will happen that have to usher that in, right? right. Things, the events right. and all that. So you, you start to think that through. I do think it's an interesting look. No matter what you think about Donald Trump, and this is always my point when we had our arguments about this, right. even if he doesn't believe in this stuff, he has, and he's sort of proven this now, he is choosing people so far yeah. who are in the worldview that right. evangelicals, a lot of them are sort of like, okay, that is what I'd like to see maybe. Right. Um, and so that, you know, from a Christian perspective, you may have, and I think this is bizarre, you may have one of the most Christian administrations that we've ever had. Christian, I don't know. Christian, but we might Christian friendly under Donald Trump. Or Christian friendly. Christ, Christian friendly, but right. also, but also populated by the most right. Christians. And I mean, I I met with Paula White a couple weeks ago, which I which I told Uh-oh. you, and we we did a story on. <laughs> and you know, you have people like Paula White. Now, some people really don't like her. Right. They feel the way they right. do about Joel Osteen about her. Some love her, some hate her. But but you have a lot of people advising and talking to Trump who have a worldview that. At least, I think, on the periphery, you could say, okay, well, outside of if you don't agree with what, what Paul White thinks about prosperity, um, yeah. you, know, you could say, okay, there's at least Christian influence there, even if you don't yeah. like some parts of that theology. So let me, let me ask you this. What do you think about, and I don't mean to get us off track, I'm, I'm, I'd be curious, and I want to continue this discussion. What do you think, why don't you get on Facebook real quick and see if you can go Facebook Live and see if anybody can hear us and answer the questions. You want to try it, test it? We'll just test it on air while we're doing this. We've got a few more minutes. Um, Are you online? Well, they won't be able to. I am, but they won't be able to hit because you can't do it through the desk. You can't do it through your computer. I don't have that set how, wait, up Wait, wait. Right how now. do you not do it through your computer? You can only do Facebook Live through mobile. Are you serious? Yes. But, Are you sure? But next, next week, yes, I'm positive. Next week we can do this because I have a new platform on my computer that we're testing out that lets us do it through the computer. So, so what, we will actually so be able then to do get it on, get on your phone and just get on your phone and do, do it through your account because you have more people following you because you're far more attractive than I. And just start asking the question. Just tell, and we'll just tease and maybe we'll get people to listen to the show because they saw this on your Facebook Live thing that this is what you're doing, right? And so we can ask this question and see if people start going ding, ding and ask questions and just say, hey, we're recording here. And see if people see. I'm just curious to see if anybody listens in and and pays attention to you posting this Facebook Live thing from your phone. Okay. Okay. Hold let's, on one give it, let's give it a I'm, shot here. I'm just posting right here a message. And it's it's on. Is it on your? Is it on your personal or on your professional? On my professional. Oh. I'm about to post it. So which one is? Um, there we go, journalist. Okay. Right, so you're going see. live right now. I am. Okay. Is your professional see. one that has the Armageddon code at the top? Yes. Okay. I'm not seeing anything. That's the live. Okay. It's going to happen right now. Okay. We're going live now. So Chris Field, my co-host on the Church Boys, has demanded. <laughs> I'm not demanding. Um, and here he is right here on the computer. You can see him. There he is. Um, demanded that I ask if you guys have any questions to ask us. Um, just, and so we are we recording can... our show. This is actually season... What, Chris? Chris Season? is saying something in my ear. What? I'm just saying that we can tease the show, that we can tease the show and maybe people will tune in. He's saying we can tease the show and maybe, maybe people will tune in. So if you have any questions for this us, you can feel free to 
post them here now. Um, oh, there if he is. you don't have any questions for us, you can just make fun of us, laugh at us. You can. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at um, you right but now. God, you are ugly. We're talking. We're <laughs> Chris just told me in my ear. I'm looking at you right now, and God, you are ugly. Make fun um, of so us. So you, as you can tell, I have a lot of support can, here. But um, we're talking but about Trump. We're talking. We're talking to, Trump right now, I gotta and I can it. actually hear myself. Okay, I'm, I just, I'm hearing myself in my ear talk through Chris's computer because I'm right not now. A, because um, I'm not professional. We're talking about Trumps. We're talking about politics. Trumps. We're talking about Trump. We're talking about politics. Um, and we would love for you. I'm going to actually stop this, but you can still ask questions. I'll be monitoring it during the show, and we can then check and see what you want to know, and we can address it. Pedro, we're hoping to hear from you. <laughs> oh, actually, as, as I said that, Pedro's comment. Don't toy, don't toy with me, Hollow. <laughs> It is. It is for real. Look, I even have the microphone set up. We're all here. We're good to go. Um, so it's happening. It's happening. Right. So listen. Listen harder. All right. Okay. Well, there you go. Are you done? We, next week. Next week we will Facebook Live. We'll see if we can. We'll give it a shot. See what happens. So that was a disaster. But was, um, no, it's fun. It's fun. This is the sticky, gooey center, right? This is the fun inside. It's fun. It is fun. Um, I don't use my live feature a lot, but you know, it's it's interesting because what? It's it's the middle of the day, so who knows how many people are on there? But it was collecting. Um, it had almost thirty consecutive views at one point, and we right. were on for just a minute right, or two. So it's right. pretty good. That's good. Got to test it out. All right. All so right. Anyway, people have been. I'm let's sure, talk about Christmas. We I was just going to say people have probably been clamoring to know what we did over our holidays, Billy. Mm. You you shared with me some adventures. How much are you willing? Oh yeah. How much are you willing to share? Because I don't want to go someplace that you're not comfortable going. Because oh, you I mean, had look, some I, fantastic stories. It it was all I have is the Christmas. Poop, all I have is the pooping story. Oh, I want to hear about that one. Christmas is a wonderful time. Okay, I love Christmas, but this year it was a torture chamber of hell. Oh. Um, not Christmas itself. But the days surrounding Christmas, not because it was bad. I just, you know what? On Christmas, I want to be home. I don't want to travel. I don't, I definitely don't want to travel. I also, and this is like a, this is a first world problem. We ended up with so much Christmas stuff, and I'm not even exaggerating, okay, that we are still putting stuff away. Right. And it is January 16th. Right. Have you read? And when, and when I say putting stuff away, I mean opening it, you know, using it, right. installing it. Yes. It, it's, it is, and I know this This actually, I feel like a bad person saying it because we should be grateful, and we are, but we said next year has to be simple. Like, we cannot do this again. We can't do it again. You're, why are you smiling? Chris is smiling. Because there are things I'd like to bring up that I don't know if I'm allowed to. Let me ask you this. And, and the, of course, there was argument. You know, there's always let me the, ask you, the family let, awkwardness. Let, me ask, let me ask you this, and, if, and I think I've coded it enough that we can either ignore it or not. Did you return the statue? I did not. Uh, <laughs> um, there was a gift. There was a gift that we gave a family member, who is a who is a very difficult person to buy gifts for, and we spent forever on this and felt yes. really good about the gift. Okay. So uh, before and, you go any before you go any further, you're sure you want? To, uh, we won't get into specifics. But you're okay going here. I mean, as far yeah, as you, I will I, probably I will not, not. But why not? I will not, well I will not go right any. Here. I will not go any further than you do. I will say this. Okay. We, but my wife found this gift. We thought it'd be great for this particular relative. We loved it. It was um, pictures of. It was Thomas Kincaid 
paintings that were put into this really cool statue of Jesus's life. So they're different phases of Jesus's life. Mm-hmm. And this particular relative um, did not appreciate the gift at all and felt. And this is where you get into interesting areas of, of theology and disagreement. Um, felt like having a statue at all would be completely wrong theologically and did not does not want the gift. Um, now, like it, it was, wait, we theolo- theologically, back. but wrong theologically. Does that mean like like a graven images kind of thing or what? what are yes. You, okay. Yes. Graven, graven image. Um, now, where I sort of stand on that is, well, these are images of Jesus's life. A, <laughs> they're not. You're not worshiping or praying to them. Right. You're not. They're just reminders. I, I, you know, look in in Catholic in the Catholic Church, there's a lot of debate about statues. Right. Okay, outside sure. of the Catholic Absolutely. Church, a lot of people don't like it. They right. they feel like it's wrong. The Catholics have their own reasoning for it. This to me is completely different. They're images of Jesus. I don't see an issue at all. Um, and so this became sort of a, before it became a thing, I was like, you know what? I want the statue back. We're putting it in our China cabinet. Merry Christmas. I don't even care. We spent like $150 on this thing. You know, so it was like the only gift this person got from us. Um, and something that we would never normally spend that much money on, by the way, but we felt like it was really nice. Chris cannot contain his laughter. Um, so it, of course it pissed me off because I felt like it was ridiculous, but Hey, we have to respect when we we have to respect what Absolutely. people believe. I don't have to agree with it, so I respected right. it, and I realized, hey, I'm getting a statue. Yeah, so but um, I would have never bought myself. So <laughs> there you go. Um, there's how about you? Tell me about so, the poop story. There is so much more to your holiday stories that I feel like we're jipping the audience by not sharing more of what actually went on because the detail that you gave me was far more entertaining. And not just about the statue, but about other things as well. It, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we also have relatives who don't. Here's the thing, and this this is what annoys me about <laughs> people. If you, if you, Chris is dying to get me to just divulge it all because we have the number one show in America. If you don't like something, you know, do you, I don't like when people have to make their faith so consuming that it has to bring other people you have to basically foist it upon other people, not your faith, but your views about specific elements of faith, that if they're not doing those things, they're judged for it. So Santa is a huge point of contention um, Mm, with mm -hmm. certain relatives who do not believe that Santa should be celebrated, who think it's wrong. And it's to the point where certain people will not go places if there is Santa or will not be around if Santa's being talked about. And so that has become a very fun issue to navigate. Whereas I'm just like, if I don't like something, I might not put myself around, but like it's Santa Claus people. It's freaking Santa. Like, I'm not trying to offend listeners who don't like Santa. I understand not teaching it to your kids. I get that if you don't right. want to do that. But I think when it crosses over into people controlling entire holiday narratives and right. experiences, you, then it becomes right. Amazing. Santa might not be a thing for you and your family if you're totally a fine. listener, right? And that might be totally fine. But I'm guessing most people who like, you know, we don't do the Santa thing aren't going to go out of their way to make families that do do the Santa thing feel horrible or feel uncomfortable or feel unwelcome <laughs> would that be i mean normal people wouldn't do that no i think right? that normal people would not no that is not the normal that's, experience that's not the normal experience i just shouldn't say normal right. people because there might be people right, right, who are right. perfectly normal who they might do that but everything else in their life it's like for some reason the santa thing really sticks in their crop for whatever reason but i just found that fun but there was so much it was it was cra- it's crazy and you know there's should we have andrea on what should we have andrea on should oh gosh andrea will get us both 
kicked out of the family. But yeah, we should have my <laughs> wife on at some point. Um, she's not she's not one to candy coat things. So, um, you know, I I feel like you know we're constantly navigating family, and you have to do that. We tend to be my wife and I. We don't say everything we're thinking. Like she will candy coat it. Like she's not going to go to somebody and defend them, but. You know, it's hard when people are saying things to you and you're like biting your tongue trying to say, OK, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, you're staying with people at the holidays. And I I love going to see family. And I so I don't mean to sound, make it sound horrible, but we were exhausted after Christmas. We mm-hmm. were, were still tired um, because it's and you. You've got three kids, so you know, you're dragging kids around and they're tired and and the kids did not behave well when we traveled. So it your was kid, just a lot. Kids? It was a lot. And, you know, your kids didn't behave well. I find that hard to believe. I know. Well, I mean that you, they your were, offspring. Not, I'm not talking about your kids specific. I'm talking about the fact that you're offspring. I'm surprised that they didn't behave well. We should expect them not to behave well coming from me. But um, <laughs> they were just tired. You know, yeah, they didn't know where they were. Like, obviously, my four year old knew where she was, but the, you know, the younger one was just kind of like right. annoyed. She doesn't like the pack and play. And and you're on other people's. Yep. You know, when you're staying with other people, yeah. you're kind of stuck on, with doing what they want to do, right. how they want to do it, when they want to exactly. do it. You're on their, Especially you're on when their they're turf. Italian. They're Italian. So, um, you know, it's <laughs> my family's Italian and I love being Italian. But, you know, there's some fun cultural elements. Chris is like, I'm not touching this one. Uh, you need to. Um, just, I've, as I've said many, many times, you just need to move here. Just move here. That's in right. Fact, we have a. That's right. We have. So in the house that we live in upstairs, we have what we call the blue room, which when the house was originally built was the master bedroom. But about 40 years ago, they added a wing onto the house, a lower level wing, kind of a horseshoe around the, uh, another level of the house, essentially. And the master bedroom is there. So there is an empty master bedroom upstairs that you and Andrea would be welcome to occupy uh, until you found a house Imagine of your we own. Just moved in with you. You'd be fine. And Imagine the girls. We just didn't leave. And we have downstairs in the basement, we've, we've got a play area and we've kind of created like its own little living room with a fold out bed that the girls could sleep on. They'd Dude, be this more is than good. welcome. We should do this because. I, I'm sure that let me tell let me see. I want to write a book. I, if I ever do another book in the future, I want it to be like not that I think I'm interesting or whatever, a memoir, not because of anything with me. I think everybody else in it, I would first I'd lose everybody in my life, but it'd be the best book in the world. <laughs> um, so that's like the secret goal that I have. I might have to write it under a different name or something. Yeah. Lily but it would be good. Lily and Lucy could bunk together. How old's Lily? Two is she two yet? She's one uh, and a half? Six, she's no, she's sixteen months. So okay. So she and Lucy, because Lucy, she's about a year younger than Lucy. So she could, bunk, yeah. she could bunk with Lucy. It'd be all right. They'd have fun. They'd they have would. fun. They would. Well, I want to hear the pooping story. I want to so, hear okay, what so happened. Lucy's two, right? And Lucy, we come home from church one day, and Lucy's in the process of she's got her pull-ups, you know, and so she knows when she has to go to the bathroom. Well, we come home from church, and it's kind of the, the you know, the, the it's always the melee of getting everybody in from the garage because it's been snowing and getting everybody <laughs> indoors. And, you know, back in the mudroom, laundry room, taking off all your gear and getting things put away and then getting, you know, get starting to get, JC's trying to get dinner ready. And suddenly, so we, we've come home and we, Lucy's nowhere to be found, which is not unusual. She often just takes off and goes to some room in the house and we'll find her just <laughs> playing with toys and talking to herself. Um, <laughs> like your father. She's, uh, she's definitely a number three child, by the way. So we're looking for her and we can't find her anywhere. And then suddenly there's this smell. Right. And we're going, I, I said, Jay, what is that smell? And she goes, what are you talking about? I said, smell. And she comes out in the hallway. Goes, what is that horrible smell? And at the same time, we both go, where's, where's Lucy? I was asking Colton and, and Izzy, have you seen your sister? Where's Lucy? I don't know. I haven't seen her. 
Lucy. Lucy. So we're walking, wandering all over the house. Finally, we hear, I didn't hear. I'm in, I'm in here. I'm in here. And she has barricaded herself in the back bathroom, back in the laundry room. And that's where the smell is coming from. And I walk in and her Sunday clothes, she has, she had leggings on. She has stripped her leggings off. She has taken off her pull up, but she didn't just pull it down. She just ripped it off. So it's in pieces. It's, it's completely detached. Right. And there is some, uh, there is some number two, what we maybe call big potty. There's some number two in the pull up. And then on the floor, is a giant log. I mean, you know, like adult size log. I go, that's the smell. And I turn and I look and there's Lucy inside the toilet. Like she's <laughs> all the way in. Just her feet are poking up and her head and shoulders have caught her on the rim. And she she's not going anywhere, right? She's sitting there and she looks up at me and she smiles. She goes, I fell in. <laughs> I said, you sure did. And she's just sitting there. I mean, just she's stuck, and she's trying. And I, I know what had happened. She, she had to go to the number. She had to go big potty, right? She had to go number two, and she's, she strips off and didn't make it to the toilet. And there's thankfully, you know, it's it's hard tile, you know, big tile floor, and so we got it cleaned up really easily. But, and so she was just trying to do it like a big girl, and she was stuck and couldn't get out of the toilet, and finally had to. We finally found her, but she'd have been in there for 20 minutes if we hadn't gone looking for her because she couldn't get out and the door was closed. She barricaded herself in. Wait, I love that the smell was so bad that it went through the whole house. The entire house. <laughs> but it was so cute because, and she was never, she was never panicky. She was just sitting there and I opened the door and I'm looking at her and she's just smiling at me with her bottom clear down inside the bottom of the toilet. And just her shoulders, you know, elbows keeping her up on this. Only rim. your daughter. Oh, Only it was your daughter. So um, we had an incident like that once, but way more embarrassing in public. Um, but when that happens, you laugh. You just laugh um, later you on. You have to. Like, it is hysterical. In fact, we were laughing so when it happened because the, when you see a, a poop on the floor, you don't laugh as soon as you see the poop. But it, as you process the scene, you're going, okay, it's fine. But you just kind of laugh. It's about like it, but. there was a there was a day when Ava was the same age mm-hmm. as Lucy, and she must have pooped in her diaper, and and it was pebble poop, which is what oh, we like, call like when they're you know, turds. And a and a pebble must have fallen out. It was a big pebble onto the floor, right? And so she ran she ran over to me and handed me something and laughed and then ran away. And I opened my hand and it was a pebble poop, <laughs> and Andrew. <laughs> And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, what is this? And Andrea starts screaming, it's a poop! It's a poop! (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh! And then, you know, we cleaned her up. But it's you never know with kids. You never know what you're going to get. You never know. So I actually, wait, I I actually made Christmas sound terrible, and it really wasn't terrible. But it was, there were elements of it. And by the way, and I want to know from people out there if they think this is selfish. Comment on our Facebook page, email us, whatever. We refuse to travel for Christmas. We will not travel on Christmas Day. We travel the day after. That's our thing. We want to be home. Right. I want to know if people think that's selfish or not. Well, it's selfish. In our family you're you're you and like you're horribly it. selfish. But um, <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, our, um, some people in our family are not are not happy about. So that. I have to get some work done right now. So what if we take a break and then try to record just a small segment later, and we'll get 
one of the interviews we've got recorded. We'll get that plugged in and we'll post the show tonight. Is that okay with you? That sounds great. That okay, sounds great. Because we kind of ran out of time since it, we hit two o'clock. So you okay? All right. Do you need a hug? Or yeah, anything? Felicia. You good? Okay. Well. Yeah, Felicia. Okay, so Bye, Felicia. Just a minute. So we'll be. Uh, where, where I don't even know where is my. There it is. Found the wrong button. You are senile. Okay, we will be right back. Nothing has changed. Back to the church boys. Well, Billy, I um, I noticed that though we haven't recorded in some time, some things just never change, and Billy's having. Uh, frequent technical difficulties with his newfangled computer and technology that he has. Uh, and is this, by the way, and wait, no, no, nobody can entirely. see this. Nobody can see this. And I think I mentioned to you earlier before we were recording. It's quite disturbing the new setup you have in your room, your office. <laughs> why, I'm used why to now? seeing the giant H on the wall or or hashtag or whatever that is on the wall and the clock that doesn't work, the clock that never told time. And now I've got in the background, I've kind of got like your sliding door. Does it go to the backyard? The yeah, door? it goes. Yes, it goes to our little patio out here. I saw a car park. Do you have a car parking area behind your house? Yes. Yeah. We bought the worst possible townhome ever, <laughs> but saved like $40,000 to get a parking <laughs> lot kind of in our backyard. So I saw uh, a car park. back. So there's that. So that's just dist- distracting for me because I can easily distract out there, too. So I'm easily distracted. And then there's also, I've seen a bunch of exercise equipment with laundry hanging on it. So there's no laundry. I'm actually going to use one of them tonight, allegedly. For laundry? Um, drying? A drying rack for your laundry? No. I do some weight. You just broke up. You're so a terrible person. You just broke You just broke up there for a minute. You you're said you're going to lose some weight. Is that what you said? Is this, I need to lose some weight. You're this, a terrible person. Is this Chris. another of your New Year's resolutions that'll never be fulfilled? No, no. It's just more of a, you know, like getting more active. I was, even though I've always, I've been fat for years now, I have for always been For as long been as like, I've known you. As long, yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> um, I, every few years I lose 40 pounds, I gain it, but I haven't lost it now in like five years. So I got to really do it. Um, but no, I would still work out three days a week and just eat like an animal and so i wouldn't lose weight but now i haven't had time to work yeah. out so i gotta really get back into that so you gonna so that my heart are you gonna do like are you gonna do the tupperware diet like your wife was setting up for you no but year? that thing was amazing i did do that once and i loved it <laughs> it was just ridiculous is what it was you no, stopped it was i noticed you stopped doing it why because it's obnoxious that's why no 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 i stopped doing it i stopped doing it because we <laughs> whenever the holidays hit or whenever like a series of events hit it knocks me off course but it was great for portion control because it didn't limit what you could right. eat, really. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of technology, two things on technology I want to I discuss with you. First, you have the new MacBook, right? Ugh. I am not a fan of what I've seen so far. And I've been shopping for a new MacBook, but I'm thinking I'm going to see if I can find a new, older one, like a previous model. Because Oh, I'm you not mean a, one that has USB ports? Right. I want something with USB ports. What we do here, I need USB ports for the soundboard and the microphones and other things that are coming for the iPad and and, this, and everything. Okay. But wait, Apple. I really think Apple is like Scientology. Okay, I think that Apple is like like people, once you're in, you're in, <laughs> you're in. And when you walk into the Apple store, there's that creepy feeling of all these creatures in blue shirts. They're gonna come and khakis are gonna come up to you and take start talking chil- to you. And, take your children. Right now, the thing about Apple that 
I just find so annoying is that they will do this with technology. They will, they've done it with the earbuds and on cell phones, oh, as you, we were talking even, offline before. Oh, they've done it with computers, getting rid of regular USBs, replacing them with USB-C, um, which is annoying. Um, and so they do this, and then all the followers are like, no, no, no. You can't be upset about this. this Apple is, always this sees the future. They're right, never they're, wrong. They're just right there. Doing, they're amazing. Apple's amazing. Are you freaking kidding me? There is one little, there's one little input on this entire computer. And I have to buy a series of adapters in order to get things to work. And by the way, when you're doing video and audio, the more adapters you have to use, the lower the quality. Now, with a show like ours, it doesn't really matter because we're not a high-quality <laughs> show. But as far as the well, fidelity it, goes, it's, a, it's obnoxious. You, so you buy, basically, this annoying adapter. And, and I have two ports on one side, but they're, one of them is the charger. They changed the charger, by the way, too, which is another <laughs> annoying thing. But yet again, they've changed the charger. Now, the charger is a USB-C charger, so you have two ports that are both USB-C, and you have to buy an adapter. I have an adapter that allows me to plug in three USBs, but not everything works. My mouse doesn't work so the properly because I, I don't have a Bluetooth mouse. I, I like to use an external mouse. So the MacBook, um, so the MacBook Pro that has only two USB import, two USB-C imports, and that's it, doesn't come with an adapter for all of your other stuff that you use with the last yeah, Mac that you had. You have to buy it for like 40 or 50 bucks extra this pisses me it's off. it's very annoying this is what i've been complaining about forever everyone's like they're so brilliant no what they want is your money people Multiple, <laughs> they know that you're gonna adding have to buy adapters, adapters adding adapters does not increase the quality of your product well and Period. then i had to get another adapter to plug in an hdmi cable so i could hook it up to my which i'm fine with like an hd you might not have an hdmi you know but what i loved about my surf so i have a surface uh three i think right my right i just have a regular surface I could plug it in. There's a there's an HDMI. There's everything in there. Everything's ready right, to go. Right. I could put extra memory in. This is why, even though Windows fell behind and they really they really did the quality everything, I really think that some of their newer products could give Apple a run for their money over so. time. I hope it. I hope so because I want Apple to improve because some of the moves they're making are just stupid, including with, you know, the the iPhone Seven. I will wind up getting it when when it's time when I want to get a new phone. I'll wind up getting the newest the newest iPhone, because I'm a schmo. And I frankly, I love my iPhone. I love the iPhone. I love iTunes. I love the apps I have. I love how it looks. I love how it feels, how it works. That said, what they've done with the new iPhone that you can't plug it, you have to buy an adapter in order to plug your headphones in because they want you to buy wireless headphones is obnoxious. Because the fact, the fact is, I've got nice, high-quality Bose noise-canceling headphones, and I'm going to have to use an adapter to plug in. That means I have to use two plugs with it, right? This, these, these high-quality high headphones are used, made to be plugged in one time, not with two plugs, because it decreases the fidelity, it decreases the quality. The more adapters you have, the lower the quality. And so they've done a, they've done that. And the fact is, if you've ever used your Bluetooth on a your Bluetooth speaker or Bluetooth in your car, you hook up to your car stereo. The fact is, every once in a while you'll hear a little, and it'll just be off by just a just a fraction of a second, and you'll notice it in the beat of the music. You'll be able to hear it because that's what Bluetooth does. I'm picturing you listening to like in sync albums no, right now just, and having a hard time, like no. you know. Bopping along to <laughs> I've been on a beastie. I've been on a Beastie Boys kick lately, actually. You are so. I got old the right kid. Listen, got the kids listening to the Beastie Boys. I don't listen to the clean stuff though. Is it one? Of, one of them died, didn't he? I don't know. Don't care. I just want to listen to the music. 
Oh, all right. Think, I'd down. have to care about other people in order to know whether that they died. All right, calm down. They may have. Suck. Calm down. So, okay, so the other technology thing is you told me that your entire house now is hooked up to the interwebs and that you're <laughs> ha- totally hackable. Is this I'm true? not even going to say which services because I don't want to be hacked. But we it started with, um, well, this Christmas was like Tech Central. We ended up upgrading. We needed we needed to upgrade a lot. I, I don't didn't have a computer monitor. I really needed one. So I got a 27-inch monitor. We... I ended up, we're laughing about my mic setup. I actually have a nice professional mic setup at home now. Well, yeah, it's very nice. In fact, you should take a picture of yourself with your new fancy microphone I setup. I will. It's, it's very professional. It. it sounds, in fact, I think that people listening can probably hear a difference in your your audio quality. It actually sounds quite nice. I don't, I convinced myself that at some point people will want me to record more things from home. It's, but um, obviously I don't you're know delusional. That that's true. But, but but one of the things that we did was and Andrea, my wife, wanted to buy me an, an Echo, an Amazon Echo. And I said, absolutely not. It's creepy. I don't want it. Um, Is that the little now, thing that you talk to it and tell it something to do, tell it to do something? Yeah, it's actually amazing. Um, I But I did not I did not want it. Now, I knew that she wanted it. That's why she wanted it. I'm going to get you this. Yeah, she thought we'd both like it. Isn't it amazing? Can I ask you, isn't it amazing that women are so good at finding gifts for you that they know they would like. <laughs> exactly. And so my wife is a is a pro at finding this. Oh, I just thought you'd really love this. I said, I think I thought I think you think you thought you'd really like this. <laughs> well, so exactly, and, and so I bought it for her. Right. Now you can hook that up to every. You could go. Did crazy. she say you this counts as your Christmas present too? Is that what she said when you she opened it? Well, then I kind of wanted it too, right? So I bought it for her. <laughs> I ended up buying it for her, but. You can kind of do everything. I mean, if you went crazy, you could hook up everything to this. You could have security system hooked up to it. You oh, could really? have your, your thermostat hooked up to it. Oh, you could have the lights hooked up to it. You could oh, tell the lights. you can do like those Nest kind of things or whatever. Yeah, we and we got a Nest. That was another thing Of course thing we you got. did. Because, because you're a sucker. Because you're a well, rude. Here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We you actually needed a new thermostat You know what you are with your Alexa <laughs> and with your... Amazon Echo and your Nest system and your security system. You know what you are, Billy Hallowell? You're a rube. <laughs> well, my look, I actually feel we actually said we got to stop. This is out of control. We now we bought I a gar- system. Go ahead. That goes. We really wanted a security system. We and we were going to buy one when we moved in here, but we actually ordered it. We canceled it because we were annoyed that we had to pay the local government every year to have a security system in our home. You basically have to pay like a what? fee to them. I don't even know what that means. <clears throat> so basically you're paying like a 50 to, I, it was more than $50, I think, a year to basically have the setup <clears throat> in your home. It's a private, I have a, I own my home. Right. I own my townhouse. If I want to put a system, I'm actually paying the government. So we canceled it, but then over the t- over time, we live in a safe neighborhood, but we're like, you know, it would be good to have something. Right. So we got a system that, you know, it's pretty good, and we're happy with it. We just finally got one, and it's all hooked into this. So it alerts our phones, lets us know, you know, whatever. Um, but basically, we, we've realized, okay, like half the rooms in our house are now smart in some way. <laughs> it's so not it's your, actually not your office, awful. but the rest of the house is pretty smart. Well, the other day, yesterday when I was going back, when I was going to bed, and I said, Alexa, turn the bedroom light off, I realized that we were out of control. Oh, my. It's like Star Trek. It's like Star Trek. It you is. are the ultimate Trekkie. I knew it. I knew this all I am along. Not the He's ultimate Trek- Trekkie. I I only Says, liked Marina Sartis. And and you liked wearing a Star Trek uniform, which you did, and went to a convention. Now I never wore the uniform, but I did go to the convention. Right. I was ten. Right. It's Star Trek convention. In your lifetime, I've been to zero. Now, 
you have this it's it's how do you hook how do you get your lights hooked up to your uh your amazon echo thing how does that work <laughs> so it's another system right so they they all work into each other like you just make sure they work with each other so Samsung has a system called Simple Things, I think it is, yeah. and you can actually, and that's just one of them. There's tons of them, but you basically, you you buy a package and you get certain things with it. They have door sensors, they have security, but they mean, have so whatever. Like for the for your um, lights, is it a little piece of thing technology you put on your light switch and it flicks it on and off for you? I mean, so we didn't go that far. You like could actually clapper, take, you, you just... could actually install plugs that are smart. You can actually install. We didn't go that far. We just have a thing that you plug into the wall, and then you plug the lamp into that, and that and oh. that is. Oh, because you're signal. you're 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 running it off something off the plate. It's not wired yeah, from the not switch into the crap. ceiling. Okay. I'm not installing outlets, and in, I mean because I think honestly, there's a point where you don't want everything to be smart in your home, like right. you know, like your but, kids. But a few things is fine. Like your kids. That's how, that's my philosophy with my children. <laughs> I don't want smart kids. I want dumb kids. Which, but you're, luckily, you're opposed to Alexa. Why? Why are you opposed to the Echo? I'm I'm opposed to anything new. Um, I fear oh. I fear change. No, I don't want anybody having access to anything in my home. So I don't want to hook my system. You, you, listen, you said you've got a you got a security system, and you told me it's not hooked up to the whole Alexa thing, right? It's not hooked up. No, to that. no, it is. It is. We have it hooked up. But no, that is not hooked into Alexa. No, no, no. I wouldn't do that because then you're but then see, you're allowing yourself right. to be hacked. But here's here's the deal. I know because it will save you a step, just one step a day. It will save you a step in six months. You'll be hooked. Everything will be hooked to Alexa or whatever system it is that you use. I well, guarantee it. In, and and I guarantee within six months, if I were to ask you in six months, have you ordered groceries to be delivered to your house? Via Alexa, you will say yes. You will have to say yes. I, I know it's going to happen. The app I does it yet? I don't I know, but guarantee. we do order groceries all the right. time. To you can, now the groceries that you have delivered, do you order them via the phone or via the internet? Um, through an app. Yeah. Okay, so I guarantee within six months you will have ordered groceries that will have been delivered to your home via Alexa. I uh, it is a stone cold lock. We, I, I think you're probably right about that. I will not hook security up to it though, because I think that's too creepy. And, and also they make it very easy with the security system. You can do it right through your phone. You arm it from your phone. You disable it from your phone. I mean, that's, what's but nice listen, about, yeah, but about you're it. doing it all via the internet anyway, right? You're doing it through your phone. So it's not like, it's not like you're being hacked via Alexa. You're doing it via the internet. You're going to hook it to Alexa so that everything is in one central place and you're going to be screwed because, because you, you like the rest of like, America is a, you are a lazy rube. I do love to say like, Alexa, it's cold in here. Turn the temperature <laughs> up to 72. I do love that ability. You know what I like to say? Izzy, go hit the thermostat and bump it up a notch. That's what I said. Yeah. That's you why I, Here's, do you understand that's why I had kids? My father ingrained this into me from a young child. You know why he had me? Go get the remote. That's why he had me. <laughs> I Look, I was the biggest opponent of, you can ask, of, of Echo and the Echo Dot. And the thing is, you can get the Echo Dot, which is so much cheaper than the Echo, for like 50 bucks. I mean, it's super cheap. Um, and But I was opposed to it. But now that I'm actually, we're seeing it, the integration is sort of seamless. And it has made, like today we went to Walmart. And we had told Alexa, Alexa, add this, Alexa, add that to our list. And it was all organized and ready to go when we got there. It was the first time we actually did it, did that. You know, do, today you not we'll like, do you not have a, a pencil and a pad of paper somewhere in your house? Here's the thing. Do you not well, have a phone you, you could just type it into your notes? Super, listen, this is going to sound lazy, but when you're in a townhouse, there's three different floors, right? No, so this, doesn't sound, this doesn't sound and lazy at all. 
<laughs> and I might remember, oh, I wanted to get milk or whatever. I have, we have Alexa on two floors of the house. So, and I'm actually going to get it in the downstairs too. But you could say, okay, Alexa, add this, and she'll do it. It's great. You Alexa, for- set an alarm. You know, when Ava, when we want to get our four year old to bed, Alexa, set an alarm for five minutes. When Alexa goes off, Ava knows it's time to go to bed. All right. I love it. First, hypothetical. What if you were a family that you're, you had named your daughter Alex or your son Alex or Alexa? That's a great question. Can you change it? Can you make it Tiffany? That's a really good question. So the other thing is, do you operate under the assumption, um, obviously you do, you operate under the assumption that Alexa isn't recording everything you do and say? Um, no, I think she records what you say immediately after you say it. Um, no, I think there is it. There's a log that you can see of what's recorded, so, um, and you think that they're telling you the truth. Look, here's the deal: if people want to tap into my Alexa and listen to the boring life, you're not the one. With, you're here, not the one with the problem. Feel free, yeah. Feel <laughs> free. That was always my uh, my wife, my my wife, my mom when I was a kid, and I when I'd get changed, you know. I wouldn't always close all my blinds. And it wasn't like I was in the nude, but I was maybe was changing my shirt or something. And mom's like, well, don't you want some privacy? Why don't you close your windows? And I'm like, listen, if somebody's watching me change my clothes, I'm not the one with the problem. And I suppose right, that's, that's kind of where I'm at philosophy. Like, we all, we're Italian. We talk about pasta, pasta, and food. So <laughs> well, and, really, like, and any, hits, and, any hits, on- and any hits you might have out on somebody that really ticked you off. <laughs> So no, I mean, look, I Anybody I don't think it's money. for everybody. I don't think it's for everybody. I also think, you know, you can go too crazy with it. We we know somebody that their whole house is wired up. I mean, no, everything, like every room, dim the lights, like they have light dimmers. That I'm not interested in going that far. With so it. what did you do? So you had you lost power for a while, and it's and it was you know, <laughs> but cold. How do you deal with? How does your life function then? Well, I mean, how do you? We how lost you, power because we were installing the nest, and I. I went and I flipped the, ne- the main power off. Okay. Right. Like this? The, <laughs> of course, it's giving me the finger. I flipped the main power switch off, which I've done before. I, I don't do it a lot. I usually will use the zone air, you know, whatever zone I'm supposed to. But I actually don't know. I, I was never able to figure out which zone that was in. So because they're not labeled properly. So I just flipped it off. I thought I'll turn it back on. <laughs> when I went to turn it back on on Saturday, <laughs> it would not turn back on. The main actually went. So we had like we had to call, and it's a Saturday, so you can't find anybody. It ended up being a two hundred and twenty-five dollar ordeal. Yeah, God, God forbid that you go to your your fuse box and flip a switch and see if it's still got power. No. So what happened was you just get an altimeter and and test it. What happened was the main totally went. Okay? I know, but I'm saying you didn't have to turn the main off. I know you said like I don't understand all the zones. Well, then figure it out. Well, no, listen. Every zone in this house, it it we actually it's on a weird wall. I don't know how to describe it to you. So when you turn when you turn everything, I cannot find the one that's attached to this wall. It's the strangest thing. It has to be one of them, but I cannot figure it out. Anyway, so I flipped the main because I didn't have a lot of time, and the kids were driving me crazy. And I thought I'll do it real quick. Needless to say, needless to say, it was an ordeal. So maybe this is God telling me don't make your house smart. How is it possible that your wife has not murdered you by now? Oh yeah, she was not happy as we <laughs> sat in the cold on Saturday. So how long was your power out? About three hours, probably. So it's kind of hard to get those fake fireplaces heating up the house when the power. Well, we out. actually, so we actually have these amazing things, these like mini generators that my parents got us that you charge them up, and you can use them. So we we didn't it didn't get to that point, but we could have hooked them up. 
I'm a huge fan of electric fireplaces. Huge. Why? Love them. See, we have I a believe. real fireplace in our house. I mean, like I we, bring we in wood. I go. Out, I go out to the wood pile. I get the wood. I bring it in. I, I build a crap. fire. It gets nice. I'm and allergic toasty to that crap. You're allergic to wood. If the wood is outside and it's molded and I burn it, yes. Well, it's not molded. It's freshly cut wood gets, from the mountains, gets, and no, I cut. It's chopped like, up, and I put it in the fireplace. After weeks and weeks of it sitting out there, no. no. You are such a Nancy. The bottom line is this. I tell you every every other day you need to move here. Cancel that because you'd die. You would be dead (laughs) in a week. But I have a smart home there? Yeah, You'd be dead in two weeks. You can come visit me for a week. You'd survive the visit. I'm buying you. I'm buying you an Echo Dot. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, and I'll send it right back. Or I'll put it in the bet No. See, you're one of those people. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I do this too, and then eventually you come around to it. This is the this is what I happens. I do find it. I like do that. find it fascinating. I don't want it in my home, right? I didn't want it in the house either. Now, but but it has made life easier. And so if someone's you, tapping in, great. Have your kids tried to order anything from it? Ava, my four year old, talks to it all the time. She'll be like, Alexa. See, yeah, I wouldn't like that either. I wouldn't like the fact they well, could talk to that thing. But it doesn't. Ava like doesn't. You can actually monitor though. I can open my app and I can see whatever Ava says. Yeah, it's to too it late. But it's, that's after the fact. You need but it before the fact. Tell, it doesn't tell you. I don't think it tells you anything controversial. It actually will say I can't. Like we were testing it out and like cracking jokes, Andrew and I one night, and it doesn't really give you. But if much. it misunderstands a word, right, a word or two, right, like Lexa, show me, you know, show me, uh, uh. You know, show me a picture. Show me, show me a, a play me a, a audio of uh, of ducks, right? And if one word is wrong, that's close to the word ducks. Suddenly, other things are playing. We have it set. I think I could be wrong about this, but I think we do. We have it set so it will only play audio that's in our Amazon, like file, our okay. Andrea's Amazon files. Right. So, so again, knowing you and Andrea. So, so there's nothing luckily, but, but I think for a lot of parents, I've heard this like horror story of people, of kids like ordering things and saying like, Alexa, deliver this to me and and through Amazon and they'll do it. Right. Um, so that's something, but you can, you can control all that. You just have to be smart about it. Right. So, uh, I I love it. So, okay. Back to the nest. How does the nest work? And is it hooked? Is it hooked only to your, see, one of the common concerns about the nest is that it can be monitored by. The electric company, they can monitor what your nest is doing because it's hooked to the internet or whatever else. How does the nest work? Is it hooked only to your internal home system? Is it is it hooked to a system where uh, the electric company can read it and know what's going on and monitor and turn it down for you if they think you're using too much energy? I don't think they'd be able to do that. Um, it is connected to the internet, but it's on our private network, which is password protected. Um, because data, that stops people. What? Because that stops people. Well, I mean, the data, the data is going, it's only hooked into our system, to our boiler. Um, huh. And the data, as far as I know, we can only access it. I mean, I, I'm sure Nest could share it if they wanted to, um, if that data is going back to Nest. But, I mean, again, what are they going to do? They're going to turn my heat down? Great. Like, I just don't care. I mean, if this is what, if the government's wait, wait, upset. Wait. You're the one who just was is, complaining to me for having lost, having lost power for three hours. And you were chilly. If Nest or some other company well, decides they that they need to run, that. they need to run your life and turn down the temperature for you because you're running it at 72 and you should run it at 68. You got an issue. Right. Look, calm down, Ron Paul Revolution. Calm down. <laughs> There's no. They are not. They are not going to turn down my heat. But if they do, 
whatever. I'll turn on my electric. I'll turn it on my. They can't stop. They can't stop how high I turn on my electric uh, fireplace. That's true. That's true. It's, no, I'm safe. But those, no, I mean, look, I don't like the. That's why I said I don't like the idea of going totally. And in fact, we only we have three zone heating in our. We have three zones in our house. We're not going to put a nest in any other one. It's only on one floor. The main so the floor other that two, you, The main floor you live on. No, it's actually in our living room. We don't do it on our main on the where the bedrooms are. Um, we have just an old traditional one. We're not going to change that out. So we're not yeah, going to go crazy right. with this. And Nest is like two hundred dollars anyway. So yeah. you want to get three of no, them? No, let me be totally honest. I'm not going. I, I that's not something I'm interested in putting in my house. However, I do find the technology interesting, and there's something about it that's attractive. You're like, oh, how cool to be able to do this because it's a gadget. And we're dudes, and dudes like gadgets, right? I mean, that's uh, yeah. There, there's the gadget aspect to it that really draws me in. I don't, but do when I, I think about a long term, I don't want that in my house. Well, you know what else? I I got another cool gadget. Okay. I know it's exhausting. That's what I'm telling you. We're next year. We're not exchanging gifts with anybody. Um, I got a Echo Pen, which the Echo Pen you. Pro, which records what you're writing and the audio. Now. Chris is banging his head against the microphone. The reason, though, is that when I'm doing an interview, I'm not going to transcribe the whole thing, but there are key moments that I want to write down so I can I can go back to that specific audio if it's something that's really good. So I think it'll be very helpful for that. So, so exactly. So tell me how this works. This what? How, how does this work? It yet? How I got it, it for Christmas, but it, it records the audio. It's an audio recorder. It's a pen. But as you're writing, it digitizes the page that you're writing on. So you end up with digital images of what you're writing, of your of your actual like note taking. Okay, uh, let me ask you this: it is does it have ink? The pen has ink. Yes. Okay, and you're writing on a piece of paper. Yes. Okay, so it's making a digital copy of a piece of paper you already have the writing on, but it's syncing it to the audio recording. So if I'm not, let's say I'm, let's say that I start the audio, rec- I start an audio recording. I'm writing just notes. I'm not writing everything out. And I want to be able to, after that interview, I can tap the paper with the pen and it will take me to that part of the audio. Oh, so if it's a three-hour okay. recording or right. meeting and, that and you're And then wherever in, it is you made notes, it'll go back to that spot in the which recording. Is, which is the cool feature. Oh, that's cool. And you can, re- you can rewind and stuff by tapping the paper. It's really weird. It's like a smart notepad. Right. I'm trying to find something that I got for Christmas that I could show you that's high-tech and... Well, the new motorcycle boots I have are in my closet. So. I forget that you have a princess motorcycle. That's about it. That's about as technological. I'm done with technology. We both, my wife and I, were like, we are I done. My, I ordered myself some new vinyl records, and they should be here soon. Kind of a gift. We don't have a record player. That's something we would like. Oh, well, high tech house like yours doesn't have a, a record player. We'd like a smart record can't player. Believe, can't believe you're behind on that. You know that's that's it's called an MP3 player, Billy. <laughs> So what did I? I don't even remember what I got. I I got a gun safe. Do you have a gun? I do. It's it's a small. I I bought. I got a gun. A a small gun safe from my in-laws because they knew I wanted one. It's an electric. It's got a keypad on it. Yeah, I have a. I have a. MMP, forty caliber. I did not know you had a gun. Yeah, I got. It's the one I got because it's it's. I have a concealed carry, and so it's the it's a very easy concealed carry, and I've got the. The inside the inside the belt line inside the waistband back of the sits on your back holster. Other holster. You're a mess. I am a mess. Absolutely. As I drink my Earl Grey tea. This is gonna be a three and a half hour show today. This is great. People are gonna it's be a so happy. It's a makeup show. It's a makeup show. Nothing of substance aside from Trump. I love it. 
Pedro is going to be thrilled. So, okay, so let's do a little bit of substance. You have an interview that you allegedly recorded with somebody. I did. It was Michael Ware. Um, and Michael Ware was the head of Obama's. He's actually like, I think he's the youngest person to ever serve in, in a way, official White House capacity. He was like 21 when he was hired. Um, wow. And he worked for Obama heading up his faith-based um, outreach in 2012 for the okay. campaign. But he also, before that, worked in the Office of Faith-Based Partnerships, I believe. I think he headed that up um, or was an officer there. And so what's interesting about Michael Ware, he's got a book out this week. I think it's called Reclaiming Liberty. I should know this, but I, I, I say it in the interview. Um, he uh, Now, he's got a book out, but he has for a long time, he's a theologically conservative Democrat. So what does that, and, what does that mean? So basically... I think for him, and I can't, I'll let him speak on this, but issues of poverty and all that, things that you would disagree with him vastly on issues of poverty and how the government should be involved, I think on social issues you would agree with him. Um, a lot of the social issues, when it comes to the theology of gay marriage and all that, he is conservative on, on abortion. He is conservative. So interesting. it's interesting because he's this rare breed who has worked for the Democrats, and he's very open, as you'll hear, hmm. about how he feels like 2016 was such a missed opportunity and how the Democrats basically just looked past evangelicals. And you know, for all of Obama's shortcomings and all the things people like about him, at the end of the day, he engaged evangel he engaged yeah. some evangelicals and did reach out to faith communities, yeah. at least especially the first time. So, right. um, you know, Michael feels Hillary didn't do that, but he's got a book out. And, you know, I asked him, I, I asked him a couple challenging questions, I think, you know, in one of them, and I won't spoil his answer, but, you know, the Democrats, the biggest group they're attracting out of all different religious groups are the religious nuns, those who aren't affiliated with any religion. So oh, if that's their not biggest Cath faith, not, oh, not Catholic females, <laughs> no. Okay. Not Catholics. Um, that's their biggest group. The, the biggest proportion of Democrats are people who do are either atheist, agnostic, or do not have an affiliation. So why is that the case? So are people right. Who are, so I asked him that. So people who are uh, who are who are who answer none to their religious affiliation, do you suppose that they would be labeled though Christian simply because they're they're people who are obviously not Hindu or uh, Muslim or based on their ethnicity? I mean, or is this like people who just like, I don't have any affiliation. I don't, I don't think about God. I'm not agnostic. I'm not atheist. I just don't think about God. I don't, I don't give a rat's rant about religion. If religion is your thing, then it's your thing, but I don't do religion at all. Is that the, just it? Basically they would say they might, they might say they believe in a God, but they would not, they would not be willing to associate themselves with any particular with any group. Religion. So they would not be willing to say we're a Christian or we're, they would, they are unaffiliated completely with any label or group. Huh. Huh. So they're not now the atheists love to jump on that number because it's almost 25% now. So of the country, I mean, it's becoming a very big group. Right, but becoming nuns, a, huh. Yeah. Nuns aren't atheists. Though. But they're, they're mostly not atheists. The atheists love to act like, Oh, 25% of the country. Most of them believe in God. The right. majority of them believe in God. Um, they're just uncertain. They're right. unsure. They're, they're lost as a lot of Christians might say, right. but they're not, Atheists or agnostic. Atheists and agnostics make up a very small proportion of the country still. Huh. So like they, have to, they have to they have to combine themselves with with the nuns in order to be a significant a more significant group. Now right. they do share values, so that you know, in fairness, they tend to share values on political issues and things like yeah. that. So interesting. All right. Anyway, so let's let's roll this. Billy Hollowell here with the Church Boys Podcast. I'm excited to have my friend Michael Ware on the line. How you doing today? 
Hi, Billy. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So it's it's good to to catch up with you and reconnect with you. Obviously, you have a new book that is coming out on the 17th, Reclaiming Hope, Lessons Learned in the Obama White House about the future of faith in America. Now, there there's so many things I want to ask you. And I think the it's been years since we did an interview when I was over at The Blaze. Um, and, and just yeah. looking looking at where we are right now, as somebody who is you know, theologically conservative, who is a Democrat, who has been working in, you worked in government at a very young age, you saw so much, uh, especially when it comes to how Democrats courted and worked with people in, in groups of faith. Um, but I guess the first question, in light of all of that, and in light of your party affiliation, how are you feeling in the wake of the Trump win? How are you? How are you feeling? We're almost we're two months out now from that. Yeah. Well, you, you know, my my first sort of reaction is is it was a it was a lost opportunity. That is, it was not a election that um, that Democrats should have uh, should have lost. We were facing uh, an opponent with uh, with negatives that were. Uh, so high, uh, and um, unfortunately, we put up a candidate um, who who's, <laughs> was basically the only person whose whose negatives came close to to matching his. Um, <laughs> and so, so that would be the the first sort of reaction. It was a was a missed opportunity that I think is the result of some of the calcification that happens when you have a party that's been in the White House for eight years. They start to um, uh, Mark Shields has this great quote, uh, the columnist. Uh, he, he says, you could tell the health of a party, by uh, whether it's looking uh, for converts or looking for heretics. Um, and uh, in 2016, the Democratic Party was looking for heretics. It was looking to kick people uh, out and not um, broaden the tent, but instead sort of consolidate around um, a, a pretty ideological agenda, especially when it comes to issues that concern a lot of people of faith. Um, uh, so, 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 you know, as we head closer to the, uh, inauguration, I mean, I, I'm, I'm concerned. I, I have some, uh, pretty significant, not just policy concerns, but cultural concerns about the effect, uh, Trump administration is going to have in this country. Um, uh, and, uh, you, you know, I, I've, plan to continue to speak out just like I've been um, uh, speaking out and, and hopefully my book will be a resource um, to people who want to understand how our country could be so divided. Yeah, no, that and that's great. I think you know, I'm an independent. I'm not, I tend to be personally, I mean, I'm a journalist, but I tend to be personally, if people ask me, yeah, I'm more conservative on a lot of things. And there's things that you and I agree on. And there's things that you and I probably don't agree on personally, you know, but but I think it's it's interesting because you're such a unique person in that your views align in some ways, in many ways, obviously theologically, with many of the evangelicals who are voting, who who came out and voted for Trump. And you know, there's there's such a debate over how what proportion really did, and how many of them, you know, we've seen the 81 percent, but how many of these evangelicals really practiced? I mean, all of that to me doesn't matter. The fact right. the fact is. The majority of white evangelicals, the vast majority, showed up, even if they're nominal, and they voted for Trump. Why do you think they chose Trump when, like you said, two bad options, two really horrible options, right? Um, why Trump? Why do you think they chose him? 
Yeah, so, um, you, you know, one thing I try to do in, in Reclaiming Hope is uh, lay out for for the reader, but particularly for um, for the, the, the Democrat or the progressive who just sort of, uh, uh, as a blanket rule, dismisses all religious criticism of, of, of Democrats. I, I try to walk through some discrete circumstances that, 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 that show that, um, that there were sincere, even if they would end up disagreeing with the substance, there were sincere uh, disagreements to be had, that the evangelical and broader religious uh, opposition to Hillary Clinton, because remember, Hillary Clinton is the first Democratic candidate to lose Catholics since uh, since 2004. She performed eight points worse among Hispanic Catholics than President Obama did in 2012. And so it, this isn't just a story about white evangelicals. This is uh, There are only two religious groups Hillary Clinton performed better uh, with, and that is I believe she performed two points better among uh, Jewish Americans and four points better among uh, among Mormons, which leads me to my next point, which is um, Hillary did very uh, the Clinton campaign did very little outreach um, to evangelicals to Catholics. Mormons are actually kind of the one example of a faith community that she explicitly reached out to as a faith community and said, "I want your vote." And she didn't do that with evangelicals <laughs> or Catholics, which represent uh, uh, which represent about half of the population. So if you're going into an election, if you're going into an election day, uh, and, and and you have appealed to all kinds of different folks on their terms, but evangelicals and Catholics are two of the only groups that you haven't said evangelicals, I want your vote. Catholics, I want your vote. Then then that's going to be a problem. Yeah, and well, and and I told you before we started recording, and I've been open about it. I obviously I'm a journalist; I don't endorse candidates, but I was asked to go, and I went to a meeting with Trump, and I listened to what Trump had to say—a closed door meeting about some of these issues. And I would have loved to have gone, you know, to a meeting with the Hillary camp or with Hillary had they requested, but they didn't. <laughs> Nobody ever came and said anything. Um, and to and to Trump's credit, in this one area, he and obviously you do this during elections. He went after the people he assumed the evangelicals and Catholics who were not supporting him, had specific you know, meetings with the never-Trumpers and tried to bring them around to his side or at least show that he had concern, whether it's legitimate or not, or whether he really did, with some of the issues they cared about. It didn't, it didn't seem like much of that at all was happening on, on the other side, but there is a broader problem. And I remember going through the Pew data last year and looking at the biggest faith groups among um, you know, you look at Republicans, you look at Democrats, and the the biggest group in terms of numbers now are the nuns. You know, they're bigger right. than the Catholics. They're big. So, I mean, yeah. the Democrats are made up more of people who are atheist, agnostic, or unaffiliated. And, and in fairness, most of them are unaffiliated. Um, you know, although atheists will try to claim yeah. they have the biggest group, it's mostly right. just unaffiliated. Right. Why do you think that is? What is it about the party that seems to be attracting people who are more disconnected in terms of the biggest group? Yeah, well, well, you know, so I, you know, it's the biggest group if you, um, you know, if you break down Protestants to, you know, their different denominations, but but there are more Protestants, but but you know, without without sort of, um, you know, sifting through the the numbers uh, uh, too much. I, I mean, I do think Democrats have a uh, long-standing uh, 
uh, tradition of upholding uh, civil rights. Uh, they have a longstanding uh, tradition of um, uh, advancing policies around uh, uh, poverty and uh, priorities that have um, that, that have generally been um, uh, associated with um, uh, you know with with folks that. Um, uh, with a diverse group of folks. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I think it's, um, I, I also think, and I write about this in Reclaiming Hope, that, um, you know, the, the party is, and I haven't been shy about this, the, the, the party is beginning, uh, and some would say it's been happening for a while, to, to um, sort of be uh, tone deaf, and I would even say, you know, putting out some, some dog whistles um, uh against sort of a caricature of what people of faith are. And so, uh, look, when, when, when I was at the president's farewell speech, when uh, uh, the, the president is a, is a, uh, is a Christian, uh, when he says um, that we need to, that we need to um, concentrate on science and reason, uh, for some reason, and we, we should go into this, for some reason, um, uh, Atheists and folks that uh, that uh, sort of are opposed to faith um, uh, somehow don't connect the dots that you could uh, uh, be for reason and science and also a believer. And so uh, the American Atheist Twitter feed tweeted out the president's <laughs> statement, and I was just like, well, hold, hold on a second. Uh, you, you, the issue you're organized around, which is atheism, is... is uh, pretty opposed to what the president is so yeah there's been weird claims i mean i, I remember richard dawkins even saying he thought oh, obama's an atheist obama's an atheist that, 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 that kind of perceived smugness um I, I think has led you know with with some legitimacy uh some some religious folks uh away from the party I mean, the other issue here, and I think, you know, and I don't talk about these, I don't get into these things personally, openly for a lot of reasons, but I mean, there have been a lot of things that have happened during the last four years, especially, that culturally white evangelicals are concerned about, whether it's gay marriage or the transgender issue, you know, and, and those are things that on pe different people have different <laughs> levels of importance they will place on those, right? And how much they'll impact their vote and what they right. think. But I do think under the surface, a lot of the values that that these people are concerned about, um, they feel have been under assault. And you've had, I mean, look, the contraceptive mandate, we can go down the list of things that has happened. I guess I wanted to ask you, because you're kind of in the trenches, you're a Democrat, but you're somebody who shares a lot of conservative theological views with the people who didn't vote for Hillary and who maybe chose Trump. How, how hard is it for yeah. you to navigate that? Take me through what that's like on the day to day to be kind of the odd man out in the party you, you care about. Yeah, well, it's um, I, I'm not too sort of my my community is my church. Um, I am someone who believes that. Um, obviously, I've dedicated a, a, a lot of my career and vocation to politics, but um, I believe there are things that are more important than politics. I, I don't believe politics is sort of the ultimate. Reality, and so I, I don't get too worked up over, um, you know, whether folks are disagreeing with me on, on this or that. I, I, I try to, you know, affirm what what I see is good, and I try to reject that which I um, that, that I think is bad. And so, 
you know, when the Democrats put in their flat for the first time in 40 years that they wanted to repeal the Hyde Amendment, I, I spoke up about that. I wrote an op-ed in, in USA Today with uh, Russell Moore at the Southern Baptist Convention and and uh, used the influence I had to do that, uh, just as during the Trump administration, you know, I'm, I'm going to be uh, speaking out about, you know, attorney, uh, the attorney general nominee, and I'm going to be speaking out if Trump wants to uh, uh, deport uh, uh, a, a young uh, young people um, from this country. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I don't um, I don't belong to my party. And uh, none of us do, unless we sign our conscience over to the party. But that's that's your decision if you do that. What right. what our parties would benefit from is people who are willing to call themselves Democrats, willing uh, people who are willing to call themselves Republicans, uh, and, and maintain their conscience in that, and press their party on issues where they disagree. Now, one of the reasons our parties have become so polarized, so extreme, is that all of the people who don't agree with every dot and tittle of the party platform have totally, uh, not, to, not to use a pun, but they've totally left the party. Yeah. And, so when, and so when these platforms are getting drafted, when the parties are meeting, you just have a bunch of people in a room who, uh, who, who uh, think the same way, who, uh, who agree on everything, and think that they represent everybody, and, and they don't. There are uh, more than 20 million pro-life uh, Democrats in the party, and they deserve to be heard. There are uh, there are uh, uh, many uh, theologically conservative um, uh, Christians. They deserve to be heard. In the Republican Party, there are uh, many many people who support comprehensive immigration reform, and and they should stay engaged in the party. And so, um, you know, I, I think I think that's important. Uh, just just one more thing to your point. You know, when it comes to the HHS mandate, when it comes to some of the other controversies, um, uh, you know, I, I spend uh, five chapters in Reclaiming Hope, walking through those controversies in a way that, um, in a way that I hope um, uh, is is uh, uh, shines a little more light and puts a little less heat on some of these issues, um, and and again helps helps religious folks understand that those controversies weren't about people waking up in the morning and the administration wondering how they were going to get religious people that day. Um, there, there were, there were uh, ideas uh, that, that we would disagree with, but there were ideas, positive ideas, that they support that were driving some of those decisions. And then uh, on the other side, I'm hoping, hoping progressive folks will read the book and see, well, well uh, clearly... Uh, attempts to say that the president uh, was a Muslim were unfounded. Like there were right. religious criticisms right. that were not legitimate. Um, but there are religious criti- criticisms that that are legitimate and deserve to be a part of the di- discussion. No, I mean, look, my personal view, and we may have some disagreements on it, is that the party got too extreme on social issues and, and got a little too emboldened by you know, the base maybe, and, and went a little too far in some of these areas. And I think they got a reaction from a group of people who felt a little bit constrained and pushed back against for eight years. And they kind of reacted yeah. to that in the election. And, you know, for better or for worse, that's what happened in my view. So now, and I know it's more complicated than that. We can't probably address that in the time we have here. But, 
You know, I, I wanted to ask you, and then I want to ask you just two more questions here. One specifically about the book, sure, sure, sure. Um, and one about the future of the party. What what worries you most or concerns you most? Not just about. I mean, I want to start with the future of the Democratic Party, but maybe just the future of both parties. Yeah, I, I mean, so I, I, the, the Democratic Party should learn the lessons from this this from 2016. Um, that no matter how developed we think our data operation is, no matter how many field organizers we bring on, if we run a campaign that is based on um, uh, on winning with the uh, with the, uh, the smallest, most concentrated cross section of voters um, that will just get us over fifty percent. Um, well, we, we, we got over 50% or we got, uh, we got more votes, uh, in the popular vote than, the, than our opponent this time around. It, it, it wasn't enough. Our assumptions were wrong. And, uh, if you operate by sort of ignoring large swaths of the American population and your data assumptions are wrong, then not only is that bad, uh, politics, but it's also, um, it's also bad for the country. A, 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 our parties in a two-party system, our parties should be reaching out to all Americans. And, and you know that that would be my concern for the for the Republican Party, which is that you know that a um, that a, a Trump presidency will unmoor the party uh, so that it is um, ungrounded from. Uh, from uh, principles or even a sort of cohesive, recognizable policy agenda, and instead is is driven for the next four years by a personality, and, yeah. and that's a that's a dangerous place for a for a political party to be. Absolutely, and you know, quickly, do you where are you on the on the electoral college? You know, all the are you among those who feel we we need to reform it or change it or get rid of it? I mean, that's been such a big narrative the last few months here. No, yeah, no, I, I think I think the electoral college is fine. I, I think that uh, right, like interesting, like like you need uh, you need power in order to change the electoral college. You need <laughs> uh, you need you need. Uh, uh, you need to have a strong party to be able to change something like the Electoral College. And uh, uh, if you're able to get that uh, much power, then the Electoral College is pretty is pretty much working well for you. And so I, I don't see any plausible sort of political pathway to, to changing the Electoral College. And even if there was, um, I, I think that there are uh, there, there are benefits to um, to, totally. to, to having uh, a system that's based on how how the states vote. Yeah, it's, I think it's a great system. It's not it's nothing's perfect, but I don't think it's a bad system. But all right, last question for you, and then I'm going to let you go because I know you got a million interviews to do. But what um, what do you want people to take away? What's the big takeaway um, from reclaiming hope? Yeah, the big takeaway is that you can see politics up close. Um, that you can know how it works. You can go through the successes and disappointments uh, that politics brings and still have hope. And if your hope is grounded in a place that is secure, um, then you will have the resources that you need to engage in politics for the good of your neighbor and for the good of your country. And that is what Reclaiming Hope is about.
Thank you so much. Look, it's always great to talk with you, and I appreciate you coming on today. We'll make sure we link out to the book, and we appreciate your time. Hey, thanks, Billy. I appreciate you. And now, back to the church boys. They're a real pain in my So after we heard from the beautifully talented Meryl Streep at the Golden Globes about how much Just, she hates Donald Trump, um, the, the, which I think the overrate you know, the overrated and obnoxious Meryl Streep. I do find her obnoxious. I do think she's talented, though. If I'm going to be fair, I think I think she's yeah, talented. She, she I think there's talented. something about her that made people like her as I an think actress. She's, I think she's gross. I, just, <laughs> I don't. I don't, there, I don't. There's nothing about her that I find pretty. I don't think she's attractive no, well, and, in the least, but, but I, I think, think she's a very good makes, actress. Right. That's why people like her, right? She's not, there's mm-hmm. nothing, there's something about her ability, right. I think that, and so I'm not going to take that away from her just because she said something very, I think, I don't like, I don't think she's totally wrong. Do you believe that Trump mocked the reporter? I wanted to ask you. I do. do you think he mocked I do. I've always reporter? thought that. I've always thought that. Yeah. From the okay, second, so, I, from the second I saw it, I thought that. Now. I, I do, too. I think there there is that clip of him doing the same thing for Ted, to Ted Cruz. And right. I know everybody uses that as right. an example to try and, to and, say he didn't maybe, do it. And, and that's a possibility. I just don't buy it. I've always thought. Now here's here, But here's the other thing. I find that incredibly unpresidential of him to do, right? And, and horribly unkind. However, I also don't have a problem with it. I don't see, because I'm one of those people, I don't have a problem with, I shouldn't say I don't have a problem with it, because I do have a problem with it. But I'm not overly sensitive about people mocking other people for whatever reason does that mean i think that we should no but like i don't have a like i'm i don't think people should should mock other people's if they have disabilities absolutely not but i'm also somebody doesn't have a problem with the word retard like i don't have a problem with that word i know plenty of people who do and fly off the handle at the use of that word and and that's their prerogative but i'm not one who gets offended i I frankly don't really care if you are offended that said, I, I'm not going to mock someone's disabilities. I don't have a problem using those kinds of words, but I'm not going to. I did have a problem with what he said or did or the motions he made about that reporter. Yeah. And he, he seems to continue to say he didn't mean that. And he, I just find the whole thing. Look, if we, we were the people who were very upset when Bill Clinton did what he did because we felt like he was a bad example to kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And the media playing it over. And at the same time, there is an element of some of the things that Trump says and does are not good examples for kids. Like there are things that if I if I saw another kid doing it, right. I would tell my kid, my daughter, don't act that way. Right. right? Absolutely. So, you know, I, I either way, I don't like that Hollywood stands on a stage and lectures everybody. And I think that's that's more and almost more annoying to me than, right. than the initial right. act that I didn't like. Right. right. But they didn't um, they didn't have a problem with Tom Hanks making an entire movie pretending to be like that. That's, yeah, well, right. The, the thing, and she also, this is the woman who also, didn't she give a standing ovation to what's-his-face, uh, Polanski? Yeah. Well, I find it funny that there are some celebrities who have come out saying things that are a little more, not favorable, not that they're supporting Trump, but they're saying, hey, maybe we should give him a chance. We had Marie Osmond the other day come out and say, I think it's not, I think it's wrong not to support our president during the inauguration, no matter who it is. She's like, I, I, I were at, she didn't say she would perform for him, but she said, basically, that she thought it was wrong for those who, who have pulled yeah. out or who won't who won't do it at all. But I thought the most telling was Zoe Saldana, who was not a Trump fan, in fact, signed on to a letter against Trump. Right. She apparently told AFP a few things um, this week that I thought were very interesting. 
And one of the quotes was, and she was referring, as far as I can understand, to Hollywood. She said, we got cocky and became arrogant, and we also became bullies. We were trying to single out a man for all the things he was doing wrong, and that created empathy in a big group of people in America that felt bad for him and that are believing in his promises. But I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's, it's very insightful, right? Isn't she Uhura? Who? Uhura and the new Star Trek movies. Oh, I don't. I haven't watched the Star Trek or Star Wars movie, so, even though you want to paint this here's, narrative. Here's, here's the deal: the new Star Trek movies do not make you a Trekkie because they're not nerdy like those others. They're actually they're more actiony films, but they did a good job of recreating the old Captain Kirk style Star Trek. It's really good. You're a mess. But I think she's, I think Zoe Saldana is. I think that's. I think that. Like, I think that is Uhura. Anyway, doesn't matter. Anyway, are we done here? <laughs> we can be. I think this is this a long run. Rodeo, rodeo has been. This welcome, ship has sailed. Welcome back, world. You get to enjoy us once again. The uh, the church boys are back, and we're we're, we're not loud. better than ever. We're not, we're not better than ever. We're here. We're queer, and we're not going skiing and for for a whole nother season. You, oh, I just had a burp. I know Sorry. that you missed me. Missed me terribly, Billy. I didn't. Well, I think Pedro missed us though. Uh, the Church Boys.